Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right, we're back at it again today, and uh, the title of this clinic is Headline Optimization, How Testing 10 Headlines Revealed a Three-Letter Word That Improved Conversion More Than uh, Other Major Changes. And I think the headline touches on what's most significant in today's findings, and also what makes them particularly germane to many of those who are on the line at present. One of the easiest elements to change on your page is the headline. And often a subtle change in the headline will have a significant impact on the bottom line. So understanding how we can write better headlines has an unusually high return on investment. And when I speak of investment, I'm talking mainly about the mental energy. It doesn't require as much thinking. It doesn't require any or very little programming. And it certainly doesn't require much change in design. With a few changes in the wording, you can often see dramatic results. This is the way to speak to us through Twitter or to communicate with each other. It might be the best way also to ask questions. I'm joined today by two of our analysts, Tony Doty, who is a research manager in our group and oversees some very complicated research projects. Uh, I like Tony. Uh, I have one beef with him, and that is he's about seven feet tall, or at least that's what it looks like when he's standing next to me. He's, uh, it's not fair to be big, smart, and handsome. You have to choose between one of the three. Tony has all three, and uh, he's sitting next to John Powell, who has none of those things, but we do and are grateful to have him with us. <laughs> John's been with us for a long time. He's a senior research manager. And uh, I will not tease you about his picture. Uh, I teased last time about his picture. If you want to know what I said about his picture last time, you'll just have to go back and listen to the previous clinics. I'm going to dive right into a case study. And uh, it's test protocol number 1111. It is a survey company offering to pay its members to take surveys. The goal was to increase qualified survey panel registrations. The primary research question, and let me just stop there, at least 85% of the time when I ask an audience to formulate a primary research question, they cannot do so. There's a difference between the goal. There's a difference between the goal and the overarching research challenge. There's a difference between the goal, the overarching research challenge, and the secondary question. None of those, however, qualify as a primary research question. And when there is a, as you see here, a, a single factorial or a multifactorial split test, Every valid research question begins with that keyword, which, W-H-I-C-H. And in this case, which panelist registration page will have a higher conversion rate? From that, we can derive all the rest of our learnings. If you don't know how to formulate a research question yet, then you don't know how to achieve validity and get the most out of your findings. So that's something that you should study, and we teach some of that in other places on this site. There's probably, I've said 10 in the past, but I really think, at this point, there's probably $15 million worth of free research at Marketing Experiments. Go there and look up testing and get some of those lectures and use those to help 
improve your understanding in that particular area. But for now, let's move on to the case study. You're looking at a page. It's not particularly beautiful. It's certainly a lot less attractive with all those blue boxes over it. Those are not contextual ads. Those are our weak attempt to uh, anonymize the actual uh, uh, brand that we're working with. As you look at the key paragraph, what you can notice kind of the design of the page, and then as an audience, please respond right now using Twitter or, uh, or the question and answer feature in your GoToMeeting tool to tell us what you would do to impact this page positively. What's wrong with it right now? Create a headline, says Blake Roberts. Blake, that's brilliant. Since the goal of our project and our <laughs> since today's session is about headlines, uh, you, you're on the money, all right? Benefit headlines, too much text, no clear direction, make it a three-page process. Did someone really say that, make it a three-page process? All right, way too large. It looks too spammy. There's too much text. Can I just say this? I rarely ever comment on your comments. Instead, I go back into, uh, into uh, you know, the research and let you discover the answers as we teach them. But be careful about being biased about too much text. You need enough text to influence the conversation. And depending on the products and the context, sometimes you need a lot. I was reviewing a test today with a major publisher that uh, protested profusely against our long copy approach. And the short copy version, which we produced, had already helped them achieve a significant lift of over 800%, and that's a series of tests and a series of pages. But the long copy tests beat our very best version by 88%. Sometimes too much test is exactly what you need. And I don't want to teach that point now, but keep it in mind. If you have more questions about when to use long copy, when to use short copy, uh, write us, tell us, and perhaps we'll do another clinic on that. In the back of the room here where I am, I see Austin and Daniel making strange hand signals. Uh, just want to make you aware of some of the feedback we're getting through Twitter. Yes. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the, it's, it's, un, it's unesthetic. It's not visually appealing. The colors yes. are clashing. A lot of people are asking, where's the call to action? Those kind of questions. Excellent. All right. Well, looking at all that you have, what I'm going to do is take you to the next slide and give you a sense of what this page looks like, because you think you've seen it yet, but what you might want to do is pay attention to the long, might I say, exceptionally long column on the left side of the page. And uh, as if that marathon isn't long enough, it continues. And, uh, and then at the bottom is a compelling button, click to join. We've learned about that in the past. Every button should imply a value. Every action or sub-action on your site should imply a value. But keeping that in mind, let's go forward and look at it with the benefit of our conversion heuristic. Everyone who has been with us before is probably familiar. If not, you should look up the word conversion sequence or conversion index on that website at Marketing Experiments. But it is this, C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2I minus F minus 2A. And... Using that methodology, we're able to find immediately where the great gains are. How many of you didn't need to attend this clinic to know that the page might have too much friction? Before you pat yourself on the back too much, I remember in the old days when we introduced the term friction into optimization, and no one even recognized it. They were blind to the issue of too many form fields. 
Today it's become pretty clear. We think we understand friction as being too much of something, not realizing that often friction occurs by not having enough of something. Because one of the factors that impacts us with friction is confusion. And sometimes in our effort not to have too much, we have too little. And we get the reverse of our aim and actually create a bad high path or more friction. In this case, we knew that friction was a key element. We could reduce it. But the other element was the clarity of the value proposition. And in this particular case, we were looking for the simplest way to bring immediate clarity. And so we focused on something at the top of the page. We added a headline. Now, adding a headline is important, but many of you might say, yes, but, you know, the key is this whole friction piece. It wouldn't hardly matter what you put at the top of the page if you reduce the friction. But may I differ with you by saying in the thought sequence, I'm not aggravated yet until I've decided there's a reason for me to spend time with your page and discover that that's painful. You've got to make me want to engage before any friction really matters. It's like, it's like being worried that I care about your free shipping when I haven't even been concerned enough yet to buy your product. So what's happened is at the top of the page, we've given you a reason why you might want to engage in the rest of the page, and then, and only then, does friction become a key element. You have seven seconds, four inches, to answer three questions at the top of your page. And this original design, in the control, it wasn't being done very well. Now, this is a clinic about headlines, and it's not a clinic about friction. So you might be wondering, then why do you use this particular example? Well, let me show you. What you see now on the left side of the screen is the headline that appeared at the top. But on the right-hand side, you see that there were ten versions of this headline. This site had a lot of traffic, and because it had a lot of traffic, we were able to design a test that alternated between all ten of these headlines. Now, being able to test ten headlines at one time is very important because it allows us to do something that I would recommend every marketer think about when they're designing their own testing plan. And that is to, that is to intensify your appreciation for patterns and patterning. Good testing helps you recognize patterns. And if all you have done is viewed your current test as a series of one-offs, then you've missed the opportunity to string together the learnings and the findings and to try and discern patterns either in the design of the treatments or in the findings themselves. Keeping that in mind, we ran a test with all ten of these. We also reduced the amount of the required forms. It's still a long page. And it was from 24 to 15. And uh, we haven't done a thing at this point with the button. So would you agree with me, I'm talking to the audience now, that there are other ways to improve this page? There are, and uh, we likely did. However, we want to focus on the headline piece. What you're going to see is that on the left is the control, on the right is the treatment. And I want to show you something that might, first of all, kind of help you understand. And here are the findings. The change produced a 10% increase in registrations, which was substantial for this organization. And if this were a simple case study, we would stop there and begin teaching, but we're not. In fact, everything we want to teach in the first section of this uh, broadcast is focused on what you see next. Indeed, we want to look at the headlines, we want to look for patterns, and we want to learn something that you probably have never heard before when it comes to constructing a headline. 
I would imagine that if I could poll the audience right now and ask how confident you are in your ability to develop the best headline, there would be a bit of insecurity in the part of most marketers. I've asked live audiences the same question many times. Today, I think you can come away with, if we're very careful in our limited time, with an understanding of what it might take for you to immediately increase the effectiveness of the headlines you're writing in your email, on your landing pages, even in your offline copy. What's more, once we gain a principle from the patterning that we're going to do next, we're going to see how that principle is applied by doing live optimization with your own pages. And that's why Tony is here, and that is why John is here. Uh, John is here to learn from Tony, as Tony helps me optimize pages. And uh, we're coming to live optimization very, very soon. So uh, let's go to uh, the headlines. Look at the data set, because by looking deeper at the results, you're going to see uh, a bit of a surprise. The real treatment increase came from the headlines. Look at the far column on the right. If you're not sure what you're seeing, let me help you by looking at the big variance in improvement based on the headline. The range is significant. All of these treatments have the same level of friction because they all have the modified form with 15 fields. But you have some of these performing at 2.95% increase and some of these performing at 10.44% increase with a significant range in between. How do you translate that into a learning? It simply means this. While the friction was important, the headline had the most impact, had significant impact on the ultimate conversion rate in this test. So we want to understand why that was significant, and instead of looking at one or two headlines, we can look at many of them. So here we are, headlines 1 through 10, and we've invited you to vote on the blog about these headlines, but I'd like you to take the time right now to use the Q&A feature and Twitter and tell us which headline do you think is best. You can identify them by the lettering on the left side of the screen. I'd like the audience to tell me which headline do you think will produce the greatest yield. I'm watching your responses come in right now. Good. Headline 2, headline 2, headline 7, headline 9, 10, 7, 2, 1. I'm looking for a pattern in your answers. 8, 1, 2, 8, 10, 2, 4, 2, 8. All right? As your numbers are coming in, we'll tally them later, so keep voting. We want to get your response. We try to read every single line that comes in, and there are typically thousands now to one of these events. How many do we have registered for today's event, Austin? We had 1,800 of you registered. We can only put 1,000 on the line. So if you're on here, uh, don't drop off. These were, you've got the seat, and there's only 1,000 available. But follow with me. Out of those votes and responses, I want to compare this with what we saw on the website. So on the blog at Marketing Experiments, we have a blog that you can click through to from our site, marketingexperiments.com slash blog. In either event, you voted. So if you'll notice the blue bar, it shows you which headline had the highest vote on our site. Now, that's from just a small sampling of votes earlier today. Many more of you are voting right now. And I'm certain that at this point, it would be interesting for us to look at the data and discover which headline won. Are you ready for that? This is not American Idol. We will not go to commercial break and, and, and string you out forever and ever before we give you the result. 
The headline, which one, is the same one that you see our audience chose earlier today. Now, please know that that's a distinct uh, point of interest to our team because, and I mean this graciously to the marketers of the world, this is the first time in any test that I know of that we have ran here so far where we asked marketers to vote as a group that they, they chose, at least in terms of a win as a poll, the proper headline or the proper treatment. This is a, a big win for you, and I assume it means that marketers of the world, you've reached the point now where you no longer need Mech Labs or Marketing Sherpa, Marketing Experiments, will just fade away uh, because you're already there. You chose number two, and number two is right. It is the headline that produced the highest gain. And uh, what you'll see is two important features on this data set. First of all, you'll see, of course, the the overall relative difference and how number two scored the highest. But what's really important is to note the big range and particularly which of the headlines on this page also scored well. Look at headline eight. It scored 7.23%. Look at headline four. It scored 7.46%. There are two principles that you need to know that will connect with what you saw here on this data set. In just a moment, I'm going to rearrange these headlines and help you to start patterning. But prior to that, let's learn the first principle. All marketing messages must be centered primarily on the interest of the customer. So when it comes to crafting headlines, emphasize what the visitor gets rather than what the visitor must do. Now, if that at first sounds to you to be slightly less than profound, let me warn you that our headlines and our calls to action have, uh, have often reflected a philosophy that was carried in from the direct response days, and that is you've got to tell them what to do. It's based on a kind of uh, philosophy, a meta-theory that I don't agree with. It's not a known scientifically adopted meta-theory like the one driving our conversion sequence and pattern from 10,000 tests, but it does imply a philosophy. I teach philosophy, and I have never met anyone yet that wasn't a philosopher. Um, I think it was Socrates that first said it. Francis Bacon also did. Uh, he was approached and asked whether or not, by a young man, whether or not the young man should get married. And uh, Socrates said, by all means, do marry. He said... Either you'll have a, you know, either your marriage will be successful and you'll be happy, or your marriage will be unsuccessful and you'll become a philosopher. Um, most of us cope on the basis of our philosophy, and we all have one. And one of the philosophies that frightens me, that drives a lot of direct response theory, is essentially summarized in this uh, phrase, uh, the people are sheep. We can fleece them. We need to tell them what to do, or else uh, they might not do it. I don't like that philosophy, and I actually don't believe it. And uh, the idea that you have to tell buddy, sign, sign up now, and if you don't put an apostrophe afterwards, they're not going to rush and push the button, grates against my understanding of the best way to optimize the thought sequence and to communicate with another human being. And so many of our action-centric, action-point, point-first, action-based, calls to action, or especially headlines, is predicated on a subtle kind of philosophy 
uh, a way of thinking about the prospect that I think interferes with optimal conversion. But let's let the data sets tell us. So here is the same set of headlines and the results. And as you look at them, consider them in a different light. Now we've rearranged them with the highest performing headlines uh, ordered at the top of the page. And let's look at the lowest performing headlines. And as an audience, what do you see as the difference? As a general point, I, I'm not trying to argue it per word per word. We have the people are sheep philosophy. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. If you don't do this, you know, um, if I don't tell you to do this, then you might hesitate. At the top, we have a whole different approach that says, you deserve something from me before I ask something from you. And it's predicated on a meta theory that drives all that we're doing, and that is that um, you don't optimize web pages, you optimize thought sequences. And there's a four-point process that leads you to a final understanding that you are really guiding people towards a value exchange. And for that to happen, they have to have the perception that what you're offering is more valuable than the perception of its cost. So look at these headlines and notice how get, get, get. Even this, this second one, here's your first survey. It's something you're getting. All the way through here, all five of these are talking at the beginning about something that you are receiving as opposed to something we want you to do. And so, thinking about it in that way, you might start to understand a critical point that will help you write better headlines. We're going to look at those. We're going to get some examples. In the meantime, I've got some questions. Austin has carried them up here from, from uh, Twitter. Someone said, isn't free a spammy word? Well, free is a word that can trigger spam filters because it's used heavily in marketing. But free has a connotation and a denotation. We learned that in grammar school. The connotation of a word is how it makes me feel, what it seems like. The denotation is the actual definition as you might find in a dictionary. While I have a problem with what the word free sometimes connotates, i.e. cheap, i.e. there's a catch, i.e. there's a trick, I love what it denotates. doesn't cost me anything. For instance, I said to you all ago, go to the Marketing Experiments website. There's $15 million worth of research there that's free. It's true. There's no hook. There's no premium upsell. There's nothing you have to do except use the search function to find the data and interact with it. When free is used that way, it, it is highly valuable. And it still works. Over and over again it works. I have seen the word free trial moved in where it appears in a, in a sentence and watch conversion go way up. We'll talk about that. We'll show you more. We'll explain more as we continue. But let's move on right now. Uh, and we talked about one principle. Let's go ahead and discuss the second. The goal of a headline is similar to the goal of the opening scene of a movie. The goal is to arrest the visitor's attention and get them into the first paragraph. We're going to talk about the second or the final sentence in just a moment, but let me stop right there. The goal of the headline is not to sell your product. The goal of the headline is not to enforce your call to action. 
The goal of the headline is to get them in conversation. Now, uh, there's a lot of people on the line here that did not attend the Optimization Summit. We were sold out. We just had it in Atlanta. And I have one slide coming from that summit that I want to share with you in just a moment where we talk copywriting. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But when we are at the live summit, you may have heard me use an illustration that I must include here simply because uh, it's the only way to make the point so well. Tony is sitting next to me. I mentioned that he was tall, uh, dark, and handsome, I suppose. And uh, he certainly has a lot of hair. And, uh, and, uh, and so, I mean, you know, those of us that have paid attention to hair and optimization, you've been in my calls with Austin and I about these things, you know that it's an important part of our lab experimentation here. And uh, Tony, if he walks next door to the bar after work tonight, which he spends most mornings at, actually, um, and sees an attractive girl and walks up to her, he does not have much chance of uh, making her his wife if, uh, if he doesn't follow a certain thought sequence. In fact, if he walks up to her now, grabs her by the shoulders, and gives her a kiss on the lips, he's likely going to get in trouble with her, uh, with the bouncer, and uh, not be very welcome there. The reason is because uh, he has rushed the call to action. He's uh, put it above the fold. If Tony is going to have uh, any kind of relationship with an attractive girl, and think about it, all kidding aside, listen to me, this is not just an analogy. This is optimization as it really works on the page. It's more than an analogy. Tony can't have a relationship before he has some form of communication. For most of us, that's conversation. If Tony walks up to that girl and he literally sees somebody that he's truly interested in, and it's probably not at a bar, let's suppose that it's uh, in some other context, but he sees a girl that he's truly interested in, and the idea of a relationship with her, because he's heard about her, or because he's watched her for a while and he's interested, he's got to have a conversation. How is he going to get a conversation? He has to say something to her that opens her up enough to allow them to talk. I'm afraid that most of us call it a pickup line. The pickup line is not just a lame thing that guys do to meet girls. It's, I mean, look, we know it's lame, but it's the only way, it's the only way to do it. You've got to speak to them. Even if it's online, you've got to say something to them, and you've got to get them to talk back. Now, John, for instance, um, uh, you know, all of his girlfriends came from online relationships, and he, he makes it a point never to meet them personally. We don't know why, um, but the... The reality is that if you're going to build a relationship, sorry guys, he's shaking his fist at me. Someone please record that. I might need that in HR. Just make a note of it. The, 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 the reality is you can't have the conversation before you have that opening line that gets the other person to, to become a receptor for what you have to say. The goal of the headline is the same. A headline is a pickup line. Its goal is to get them into the conversation. In this case, and in this study, the goal of the headline was to get them to read that long copy that you saw. And without a proper headline, there was no way to engage them into it. Once they engage, everything changes. They're in conversation. They're having a dialogue in their mind. And if you're, if you're really following the wisdom uh, that comes with... Uh, understanding optimization, you want to get in that conversation. You're not going to sit back and watch it. You're going to participate by anticipating. You're going to participate by anticipating. 
the anxiety, the friction, and all of those other components as they come up and by addressing them. Keeping that in mind, and this is new, and this isn't something that we taught even at the copywriting uh, session in Atlanta, we have to utilize a point-first structure sometimes to make that work. That's particularly when there's a headline. Same thing as when you watch a television show. On the left side of this screen is Aristotle's, Aristotle's Poetics. That book is remarkably apt today, millenniums later, because of its understanding of how story unfolds and a proposed three-act or five-act structure that we still... I mean, if you went to watch the latest movie from Steven Spielberg, it was a three-act structure. The one that's in the theater right now with J.J. Abrams. And uh, next to that is probably the best book on story that I know of today, written by Robert McKee, who, does, who doctors a lot of screenplays. And I don't know if you know this, but the lab has done a lot of work in California and in, uh, and in Hollywood, produced 100 hours of television programming, and been involved in, uh, in film, testing the same theories that we're talking to you about today. Optimization applies, to, you know, applies in that context just as well as it does on the landing page. What I want you to note is that people's thoughts arrange themselves just like a story. And when you learn to copyright, and we talked about this at length at, uh, in Atlanta, to really get your copywriting right, you need to understand how a story unfolds and that there is a way to connect the three acts of story to the way you write copy. And, and in fact, there are these peaks and there's cycles of rising action that connect with the way the copy unfolds within the cell path. I do know that I can't teach that now, and if you'd like to learn more about that, tell us. We may make it the subject of a future webinar and also some more of our certification and courses and training. But for now, what we need you to understand is that it's critical that the headline plays the key role that you often see in the opening of a television show. It captures your attention and gets you to invest a few moments before you turn that remote and turn off that show's power to attract you any further. A remote control has had more impact on the development of television than almost any new technology feature like the Internet. Before the Internet, it was the remote control that changed the way television shows were produced. In the theater, you've already paid your $10 and you're sitting there. And they can take a longer time to develop their story. But in television, they can't afford to lose you for a second. It works just like the headline. We'll talk about that more later. But when that is the case, what you want to do is to develop headlines that are what we call point first. On a point first headline, the main thing they get comes as close as possible to the front of the statement as you can get away with. Now, there are point-first headlines and there are point-last headlines. And in sentences and in paragraphs, in general, there are point-first sentences and there are point-last sentences. But when you're writing a headline, not in every case, but in most cases, you'll get a higher conversion rate if you work point-first. And what's fascinating is that if you look at the high-performing headlines in this study, all of them were point-first. And that is uh, critical to understanding how you can translate that into, uh, 
into what you're writing tomorrow as you write your next headline. So, this is a, a point first design. Get paid to take free surveys. Here's your first survey. Here is right up point first. Here, right now. Here's something you get. Get paid. Get rewarded. Surveys. Win. Point first. The second half have a lot of the points deeper into the sentence and what you receive from them, and it's reflected. And, uh, and the danger of that the danger of that is that your audience only invests in the first few words and then terminates your opportunity to communicate before they understand the value. So, keeping that in mind, look at the point last headlines and then ask yourself one final question. And that is, is there any other way? Is there any other way to write a headline worse than point last? And the answer is yes. It's point middle. I have seen where the key value point is buried in the headline. And because it's buried in the headline, it's harder to read than if it were at the end or at the beginning. So beware of this. And be, uh, be also advised that you can use color or bold font sparingly, less is more, to emphasize that value point. We often will just put the value in a different color in your headline. Now, we're almost to live optimization. But what we want you to do is to bear in mind these key principles, principle one, principle two, and then ask yourself, how can that apply to my own pages and to the next piece of copy that I write? So, we have a lot of pages to look at. If you're ready, we're going to go at high speed, trying to cover as many as we can. Before we get there, let me just remind you that um, we're going to be in New York. Uh, teaching very shortly uh, our landing page optimization certification course. That's what, I'm, that's what I've got, right, Austin? All right. And that's July 12th, and you can get uh, there and, and participate if you'd like. Let's keep going and look at live optimization. Here is the first, submission number one. You create it, we make it. That's the headline, and uh, we're going to turn to someone who can help us with that. Uh, this was submitted by Colleen. I'm going to ask John Powell, give me a quick thought on that before John speaks. I'd like to hear from the audience. Take your Q&A function, take Twitter, and tell us how you would improve that headline. In fact, if you're really good, write me a headline on the fly. We've got some headlines coming in. Get your website designed today. Hey, uh, that was an answer from, tell me that name, I can't see it, Gloria. Gloria, you began with get. I think you're getting the point. All right, good. Don, tell us what you would do. Well, number one, this headline's a little bit too shallow for the stage of the conversion process. If you know anything about Jostens and the way they do their marketing, they're out in the schools, they're out introducing themselves on the front line, so most likely people coming to this site, especially the homepage, are looking for that next step, that key benefit. So start with get. You know, get your class ring now. Um, another problem that I have with design is design implies a lot of work. Some people just like to choose. Uh, my dad was in the jewelry business, and sometimes it was just easier to say, you've got three or four options instead of, oh, you've got to pick one option out of five, and then another thing, another thing here. So just get real simple. Get your class ring now. Add a subheadline that intensifies that benefit, your school, your stone, your design. Start now. Okay. I would just suggest this, that the headline job is to get you to read the text. Now, we're looking at the headline, but what comes next? Nothing. Just a button. There's no engagement here. There's no clarity of the value proposition. In those first seven seconds, you've got to answer three questions. First of all, 
where am I at, which is actually hard to identify because the brand is so high up it's in banner blindness. And if I came from a search engine, I might not know I'm on the right page. Secondly, what can I do here? And I don't know that I can design my ring unless I go down and read the button which is on the call to action. That's a little late for what can I do here. Thirdly, the question, why should I do it, is not engaged at all and in fact forms the value proposition, which you've heard us say over and over again on these calls. If I am the ideal customer, why should I purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? What? It is not addressed. Yes, John. What I would argue is that because I, because if you, if you know anything about Jostens, they establish the value before they even come to the site, most likely, especially if they're going after these high school kids. They're going to go into the details of what it is. I say when they get to this point, they're about ready to move, but they still need to know what they can do here, which is get a ring. They need to know the kind of options that they can choose, and they need to know where to start. So I would argue at this stage of the conversion funnel, we don't need to spend as much time on value as as much time we need to spend on getting them to the next step. Um, and making sure that the value is reinforced in the headline, subheadline, and maybe even a line or two of text. John, may, you, John is, probably knows better than I. He generally does. Um, if you're wondering what the answer is, it's in the metrics. Now, how many right. people are coming to this site that are coming from a search engine or from a, some other source? If we know that, we can tell you whether or not they're advanced enough in the thought sequence. If they're not, then you don't begin to have enough information here. If they are then I'd like to know how fast I can design this ring, how quickly this process is, how soon I can have it delivered. The key pieces are still not on this page. There's no paragraph that helps me understand those three questions, and we need to know them. All right? I hope that helps, uh, 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 Colleen, and uh, we'd love to take a look at any headlines you actually produce. And I would only suggest that once you have answered the headline or written the headline in such a way to get them into the paragraph, Use the subheadline to intensify the core message. Often we miss that point. Let's keep going. Here we go. The world's best Usenet. World's leading Usenet retention, fastest speeds, and best support since 1994. Sign up now. All right. Go ahead, uh, Tony. Give us your thoughts. I mean, you know, my biggest question is the world's best Usenet. You know, Usenet. What, what does that really mean? What's the benefit to me? I mean, within that sub-bullet there, you know, it's uh, uh, leading retention, fastest speeds, best support. But that doesn't really tell me anything about the interaction. Is this, you know, I can hold uh, larger files, I can share with my friends, I can, you know, me as the visitor actually showing up here, you know, I want those to be benefit-driven as to how those actually impact me using your service, using your product, and not just, you know, uh, you know claims that they have the, uh, the leading retention and the fastest speeds. And also, you know, claims like that, how can you really support those? And if you can support those, give me some numbers. You have, you know, 99.999% uptime. You have um, some sort of metrics actually to, you know, to correspond with those speeds, with the retention, with the support, everything like that. Unless that crown is a logo, I have no idea how to connect that crown and that image with the value proposition. Let's just take the headline right now and let's, take, let's look at the modifiers. This is a headline designed to use the value proposition to drive you to a response. Some headlines don't use a value prop. They don't have to. They're getting you into that first paragraph. The goal of the headline isn't to sell. It's not even necessarily to communicate your value prop. But often, that's a great way to get them into the first paragraph. This one does, so let's analyze it. Let's take out the, the unquantifiable modifiers. So let's take out, if you're sitting in front of the screen, and in fact, who submitted this? Let me see. It's, tone, it's another. It's Will. Will, you want to cross out this concept of worlds and best, because neither one of those, those are superlatives, or those are, those, are, those are vague modifiers. They're not quantitative. They're debatable qualitatives. And then let's take out the next thing, worlds, 
of the second sentence, and then, of course, leading. Leading is generally something you want to say when you're not number one, but you might want to confuse people and make them hope that you're number one. If you say it and you are number one, then don't say leading because it communicates no meaning. And then it says use net retention. Then it says fastest. Let's take out fastest because that's not quantified either. Uh, and then it says and best. Let's take out best. And what are we left with? Well, the sentence would read the Usenet. Then it would read Usenet retention, speeds, support since 1994. There is the only meaning in this sentence. There is the only communication taking place because I am the skeptical visitor to the site. I'm the girl that was approached at the bar 20 times this week. You're number 21. The first 20 guys were creeps. Why in the... I start to swear. Why? Uh, let's make this a G-rated event. Why should I listen to you? What's different about you than the other 20 guys that lied to me? I don't know, because you haven't given me anything that establishes credibility. I see nothing in this gray box with the crown. Nothing except since 1994. Except that, that deserves to be on the page. The rest of it uh, has lost all ability to persuade me, communicate. And by the way, even if I say, okay, you are, you give me one option. Get married now. I, I'm not ready to marry you because I don't even know enough to make the choice or the decision. Look at your own headlines and ask yourself, where are the vague quantifiers? Cross them out and ask yourself, how much meaning do I have left? If you're going to use your value proposition as a headline, it has to have three things. Credibility, appeal, and exclusivity. If it doesn't have all three, it's too weak to lead with as a headline. All right, here's another one. MPGA members, connect your people to profit. All right. I'm going to stop right there. This is submitted by Rod. And, uh, and uh, let's look at the page. And I'm going to go over to Tony. All right, Tony, give us some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I see, you know, connect your people to profit. That sounds awesome. I want profit. But no, I'm sorry. That's but, not possible. <laughs> but I have no idea what it really even means at this point. You're connecting your people to profit. I had to get, you know, halfway down this page until I even realized that this was, you know, a tracking system. Um, you know, the most impactful messaging I found is underneath the video. You know, view the video to learn more about how we can connect your field workers to the rest of the operation, resulting in greater efficiency and increased profit margins. I mean, that's the benefit I'm looking for of the product here. Greater efficiency, increased profit margin actually explains to me how you're tying the field workers to my operation here. Um, and so that's really the benefit that I'm looking for. Yeah, just to add to that, I mean, your headline, I would say the key benefit in your headline up front, so it would be increase your profit margins and get greater efficiency. Then I would use a subheadline that explains on that um, and actually explains specifically, quantitatively, that will drive you into the body copy that would help. Yeah, it says 1988, our fleet of 2000X have been helping people do Y and Z. What, what you're missing here, let's go up to the top. It says NavTrek. I don't understand what NavTrek has to do with MPGA, first of all. So I don't even know if I'm in the right place. Before we go any further, three questions. Where am I at? What can I do here? Why should I do it? Am I in the right place? If I came looking for NavTrek, what is this? And if I came looking for this, what is that? And is that a banner ad? But it doesn't think it's a banner ad because it's over here uh, with the Call Us Today number at the top. It looks like it's part of the website. And so you have essentially... Two banners at the top. The second one I can't hardly read. And then you go to the third one that has a headline. And beware of this. Now, everyone on the site right now that wants to have a better headline 
do at least this. Lay a flat piece of, uh, lay an eight and a half by eleven across the rest of your website, uh, everything below, and an eight and a half by eleven across the top, so that all you can see is the connect. In this case, your headline: MPGA members connect your people to profit. If that's the piece, then you've got to ask yourself a simple question: How much is being communicated in this sentence that has appeal and credibility? Uh, an exclusivity, if it's a value pop headline, or that at least makes me want to read what comes next. And the problem is this. Connect your people to profit is using a vague promise, not a specific promise. Now, I want to go one step further to help you. You've got to be able to visualize the benefit. And at present, it's so vague, I can't visualize what you're talking about. And if I can't visualize it, I don't even know what the promise is. John's point about combining a header with a subheader is really good. And I do recognize that this is MPGA members, so it must be something that somebody's going to who already knows something about your business. But even still, the work that's down here in the, in the body copy and in the text has more powerful wording than what you've got in your headline. Go down there and rate it. Get it up at the top and get a stronger page. All right, let's move on. This is uh, Kudzu, and this was submitted to us by um, Bagzin, and uh, it's uh, the, the company lets daily deals or lists daily deals for home and garden supplies from various member businesses. Okay, go ahead, John. Uh, so we're kind of at the end of the funnel here. If this is what you want them to do, you've got like a point last thing going on here instead of a point first. Sign up. That's what you have to give up. Uh, talk about what you're going to get or what they're going to get, which is daily deals uh, direct to their email. I mean, that's it. You're going to get daily deals sent directly to you. You don't have to come to the site. You don't have to search for it. We'll send it directly to you. Um, talk about what they're going to get and then explain it in that first sentence and you're done. Okay, so John's giving you a correction. Let's make sure that we all understand the weakness. First of all, it's point last. John's po John has laid that out. Secondly, what you get in the point. Great deal. How many of you woke up this morning and said, I can't wait to get uh, a sign-up opportunity for another set of great deals to hit my inbox every day? Unless you woke up that way, you need to ask yourself a question. When I see great deal, what is the connotation, not just the denotation, and what is that visualized value that I spoke of in the last uh, example? Do I see and can I imagine that? Not really. If you tell me that it's uh, inventory overruns, if you tell me that you're going to offer me the lowest prices that you have at any given moment on a particular item that has price sensitivity, if you tell me you're going to give me a quote where these prices go up and down, if you tell me you're going to survey the Internet and show how your prices compare to anyone else's for the top five items in X. If you tell me, you know, a, there's a lot of ways to deliver value, but you know what this says to me? This says I'm looking for a way to build a list. Get on my list so I can spam you for the rest of your life. The only thing I would argue is that um, if you're going to talk about... You're arguing about, a lot today. Yeah, I know. I mean, what, in terms I of, didn't mean that. No, the only thing I would argue is if you're going to keep it vague, like great deal, make sure it's in the same uh, vocabulary that you use because this is like a, a Groupon. So whatever you call your daily deal or whatever it is that is your value proposition, make that consistent, but make the focus be on how they get it because that's where the benefit is. I wouldn't argue with that at all, John. You're right. John's right. And in fact... Once you do that, how many in the audience see something else wrong with this page? Just quickly use your 
this little pop-up. Quickly, uh, use your Q&A or Twitter and tell me what else is wrong with this pop-up. No value prop. No value prop. No value prop. No value prop. That's right. What do you think about this button that says sign up? Could you write a better button based on the other seminars and clinics and webinars you've attended with us? Can we imply a value proposition? You know, start receiving my X now or send me my updates now or, or you know, whatever it is that I want, make sure that when I click on that button, it feels like it's getting me closer to it. We're going to keep going, all right? Here we are, version one. Go straight to the next person. Go ahead. Is it you? Yep. Speak. Tony's got it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, obviously, this took a little bit of research as to, you know, what is version one and what is agile, because what's that headline, agile made easier? I have no idea what that really means. Um, but apparently, agile is a uh, development language, and so this is really a, a project management tool for that development language. So, you know, you have to know a little bit of something about agile for this to make even any sense to you. Um, but, you know, the, the, the big component here is, you know, it makes it easier, but what's the point? You know, there's there's some you know sub bullets there currently used by more than 30,000 teams, 170 countries. But what is this? Does it reduce development time? Does it you know help keep me on track? Does it you know keep my projects meeting their deadlines? You know, what's the actual benefit of this easier project management solution? Um, it took me a while to actually read through to figure out you know what you were really offering. And you know, same thing over on the contact us form, the fill up form to request a 30-day trial. I feel like I'm doing you a favor if I'm going to request a 30-day trial from you. Um, I want that to be a little bit more benefit-driven as to, you know, what am I going to learn in the trial? You know, why would I actually sign up for this? All right, Tony's right. We're going to go fast. I just want to make uh, a quick point. The whole page is wrong. I'd like to redesign the page. We're not here to redesign the page. Just talk about the headline. So this is what I want to say to you if you're thinking about the headline. The goal of this page is not to sell Agile. The goal of this page is likely to get you to do the free trial. If the goal of this page is to get you the free trial, then the headline should not be about Agile. The headline should be about the free trial. The headline should be something like free. Download the full feature, unlimited, you know, fully, because they're worried. What are they worried? That you're going to get some kind of version that you can't really work with. But the full, you know, free, instant access might be better than download. Download implies time that you've got to wait for something. Instant access to your fully functional version of Agile. That's your headline. Underneath it's your subheadline that emphasizes the special, it's not Agile, but of the project management, whatever it is, uh, version 1. And then underneath that, the subheadline intensifies that statement with particulars and drives you towards that, towards that quick download and get it. Quick sign up and get it. Unless, you know, there's another role going on here. This is request the 30-day trial, so you may, have to, you may have to make that even tighter by increasing the values perception so that people are willing to endure a call to get what they want. Bottom line is, you, you, you don't sell the product and the free trial at the same time if you want to get the maximum response to either. You've got to sequence that one first. And, of course, you've got two-column design and other problems. Let's keep going. I am looking at uh, – we saved the best for last. If, if You're not allowed to click off before 4 o'clock because we're actually watching uh, – 5 o'clock. We're actually – that's uh, Eastern Standard Time. We're watching you, and we know when you click off. And, and what we do is we – we, we, on your permanent record, we're, we're taking marks off for not attending class for the full session. And so as a reward for staying, we have let you see one of the world's most interesting hat, headlines, Cat Fancy Misses You. All right, and that was submitted by Ollie. And so here we are. Talk to us, guys. Tell us how to make this headline better. 
Okay, yeah, <laughs> no headline at all, just a cat. Um, no, really, the, the big problem here, notice that this is an email. We're at the very beginning of the conversion funnel, so you really need to work extra hard to get their attention, whereas at other points, you just need to be more clear. So what you need to do is, is what my sister would say in her copywriting days is to intrigue them. You need to tell them, bottom line, why should I care? Maybe we have the content that you want, more this specific content, more of this. And then you definitely need a subheader that's going to explain what you mean by that specifically, quantifiably, uh, qualitatively, that actually means something. But you're going to have to really work extra hard to get their attention in this one. And I would test, you know, maybe I have specific content. Use your surveys. You guys know what your readers want. Say, we've got more of what you want. Or, you know, vague enough to get them to the next line, but not too specific to become this really small drawn out long headline absolutely uh, in fact I think the message of the page is you need to come back because we miss you that's the wrong message the the person here doesn't care that that you miss them they you need to make them miss you and there's nothing in the messaging look at the button come back today that doesn't motivate me that's not like I'm your long-lost love I, the, I, I need a reason when I click on that button, it's because you're giving me something I didn't get before. You're giving me more than what I received before. You're giving me something special, or you're reminding me of a great value that I had. But nothing in the message is designed to elicit a high yield, because it's really about, we miss you, so come back now. You know what we should test? A button that looks like a cat treat. <laughs> that would All right. be awesome. We are, uh, John, is, again, has, has taken us... To a new level of optimization, we have never designed a cat treat button, but uh, he just thought of it here in the lab, and he'll rush out and patent it now. Thank you for being with us today. We have gone as fast as we can to try and mix the balance between delivering enough content that you get transferable principles and at the same time um, making certain that we give you as broad a cross-section as we can of actual application for what we've been teaching. Everything here in our research is designed to be practitioner-centric. We want you to learn. and then all that we ask is to tell someone about it. Uh, we want to build the community of marketers who are learning and helping each other to learn. That's driving what happens in all of these clinics and all the publishing and work done at Marketing Experiments. We are very grateful for your trust and that you invested your time, and we're going to be back again in about two weeks with more discoveries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.